What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Book 6, Chapters 1 to 8 of The Confessions by St. Augustine. Translated by E.B. Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Book 6. Arrival of Monica at Milan her obedience to St. Ambrose and his value for her, St. Ambrose's habits, Augustine's gradual abandonment of error, finds that he has blamed the Church Catholic wrongly, desire of absolute certainty, but struck with the contrary analogy of God's natural providence, how shaken in his worldly pursuits, God's guidance of his friend, Alypius, Augustine debates with himself and his friends about their mode of life, his inveterate sins, and dread of judgment. CHAPTER One, O thou, my hope from my youth, where wert thou to me, and whither wert thou gone? Hadst not thou created me, and separated me from the beasts of the field, and the fowls of the air? Thou hast made me wiser, yet did I walk in darkness, and in slippery places, and sought thee abroad out of myself, and found not the God of my heart and had come into the depths of the sea, and distrusted and despaired of ever finding truth. My mother had now come to me, resolute through piety, following me over sea and land, in all perils confiding in thee. For in perils of the sea she comforted the very mariners, by whom passengers, unacquainted with the deep, use rather to be comforted when troubled, assuring them of a safe arrival, because thou hadst by a vision assured her thereof, she found me in grievous peril through despair of ever finding truth. But when I had discovered to her that I was now no longer a Manichee, though not yet a Catholic Christian, she was not overjoyed, as at something unexpected, although she was now assured concerning that part of my misery for which she bewailed me as one dead, though to be reawakened by thee, carrying me forth upon the bier of her thoughts, that thou mightest say to the son of the widow, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise, and he should revive, and begin to speak, and thou shouldst deliver him to his mother. Her heart then was shaken with no tumultuous exultation, when she heard that what she daily with tears desired of thee was already in so great part realized, in that, though I had not yet attained the truth, I was rescued from falsehood, 
but as being assured that thou who hadst promised the whole wouldst one day give the rest most calmly and with a heart full of confidence she replied to me she believed in christ that before she departed this life she should see me a catholic believer thus much to me but to thee fountain of mercies poured she forth more copious prayers and tears that thou wouldst hasten thy help and enlighten my darkness and she hastened the more eagerly to the church and hung upon the lips of ambrose praying for the fountain of that water which springeth up unto life everlasting but that man she loved as an angel of god because she knew that by him i had been brought for the present to that doubtful state of faith i now was in through which she anticipated most confidently that i should pass from sickness unto health after the access as it were of a sharper fit which physicians call the crisis chapter two when my mother had once as she was wont in Africa, brought to the churches built in memory of the saints certain cakes and bread and wine and was forbidden by the doorkeeper so soon as she knew that the bishop had forbidden this she so piously and obediently embraced his wishes that i myself wondered how readily she censured her own practice rather than discuss his prohibition for wine-bibbing did not lay siege to her spirit nor did love of wine provoke her to hatred of the truth as it doth to many both men and women who revolt at a lesson of sobriety as men well drunk at a draught mingled with water but she when she had brought her basket with the accustomed festival food to be but tasted by herself and then given away never joined therewith more than one small cup of wine diluted according to her own abstemious habits which for courtesy she would taste and if there were many churches of the departed saints that were to be honoured in that manner still she carried round the same one cup to be used everywhere and this though not only made very watery but unpleasantly heated with carrying about she would distribute to those about her by small sips for she sought their devotion not pleasure so soon then as she found this custom to be forbidden by that famous preacher and most pious prelate even to those that would use it soberly lest so an occasion of excess might be given to the drunken and for that these as it were anniversary funeral solemnities did much resemble the superstition of the gentiles she most willingly forbear it and for a basket filled with fruits of the earth she had learned to bring to the churches of the martyrs a breast filled with more purified petitions and to give what she could to the poor so that the communion of the lord's body might be there rightly celebrated where after the example of his passion the martyrs had been sacrificed and crowned but yet it seems to me o lord my god and thus thinks my heart of it in thy sight that perhaps she would not so readily have yielded to the cutting off of this custom had it been forbidden by another whom she loved not as ambrose whom for my salvation she loved almost entirely and he her again for her most religious conversation whereby in good works so fervent in spirit she was constant at church so that when he saw me he often burst forth into her praises congratulating me that i had such a mother not knowing what a son she had in me who doubted of all these things and imagined the way to life could not be found out chapter three nor did i yet groan in my prayers that thou wouldst help me but my spirit was wholly intent on learning and restless to dispute and ambrose himself as the world counts happy i esteemed a happy man whom personages so great held in such honour only his celibacy seemed to me a painful course but what hope he bore within him 
what struggles he had against the temptations which beset his very excellencies or what comfort in adversities and what sweet joys thy bread had for the hidden mouth of his spirit when chewing the cud thereof i neither could conjecture nor had experienced nor did he know the tides of my feelings or the abyss of my danger for i could not ask of him what i would as i would being shut out both from his ear and speech by multitudes of busy people whose weaknesses he served with whom when he was not taken up which was but a little time he was either refreshing his body with the sustenance absolutely necessary or his mind with reading but when he was reading his eye glided over the pages and his heart searched out the sense but his voice and tongue were at rest oft times when we had come for no man was forbidden to enter nor was it his wont that any who came should be announced to him we saw him thus reading to himself and never otherwise and having long sat silent for who durst intrude on one so intent we were fain to depart conjecturing that in the small interval which he obtained free from the din of others business for the recruiting of his mind he was loath to be taken off and perchance he dreaded lest if the author he read should deliver anything obscurely some attentive or perplexed hearer should desire him to expound it or to discuss some of the harder questions so that his time being thus spent he could not turn over so many volumes as he desired although the preserving of his voice which a very little speaking would weaken might be the truer reason for his reading to himself but with what intent soever he did it certainly in such a man it was good i however certainly had no opportunity of inquiring what i wished of that so holy oracle of thine his breast unless the thing might be answered briefly but those tides in me to be poured out to him required his full leisure and never found it i heard him indeed every lord's day rightly expounding the word of truth among the people and i was more and more convinced that all the knots of those crafty calumnies which those our deceivers had knit against the divine books could be unravelled but when i understood withal that man created by thee after thine own image was not so understood by thy spiritual sons whom of the catholic mother thou hast borne again through grace as though they believed and conceived of thee as bounded by human shape although what a spiritual substance should be i had not even a faint or shadowy notion yet with joy i blushed at having so many years barked not against the catholic faith but against the fictions of carnal imaginations for so rash and impious had i been that what i ought by inquiring to have learned i had pronounced on condemning for thou most high and most near most secret and most present who hast not limbs some larger some smaller but art holy everywhere and nowhere in space art not of such corporal shape yet hast thou made man after thine own image and behold from head to foot is he contained in space chapter four ignorant then how this thy image should subsist i should have knocked and proposed the doubt how it was to be believed not insultingly opposed it as if believed doubt then what to hold for certain the more sharply gnawed my heart the more ashamed i was that so long deluded and deceived by the promise of certainties i had with childish air and vehemence prated of so many uncertainties for that they were falsehoods became clear to me later however i was certain that they were uncertain and that i had formerly accounted them certain when with a blind contentiousness i accused thy catholic church whom i now discovered not indeed as yet to teach truly 
but at least not to teach that for which i had grievously censured her so i was confounded and converted and i joyed o my god that the one only church the body of thine own son wherein the name of christ had been put upon me as an infant had no taste for infantine conceits nor in her sound doctrines maintained any tenant which should confine thee the creator of all in space however great and large yet bounded everywhere by the limits of a human form i joyed also that the old scriptures of the law and the prophets were laid before me not now to be perused with that eye to which before they seemed absurd when i reviled thy holy ones for so thinking whereas indeed they thought not so and with joy i heard ambrose in his sermons to the people oftentimes most diligently recommend this text for a rule the letter killeth but the spirit giveth life whilst he drew aside the mystic veil laying open spiritually what according to the letter seemed to teach something unsound teaching herein nothing that offended me though he taught what i knew not as yet whether it were true for i kept my heart from assenting to anything fearing to fall headlong but by hanging in suspense i was the worse killed for i wished to be assured of the things i saw not as i was that seven and three are ten for i was not so mad as to think that even this could not be comprehended but i desired to have other things as clear as this whether things corporal which were not present to my senses or spiritual whereof i knew not how to conceive except corporally and by believing i might have been cured that so the eyesight of my soul being cleared might in some way be directed to thy truth which abideth always and in no part faileth but as it happens that one who has tried a bad physician fears to trust himself with a good one so was it with the health of my soul which could not be healed but by believing and lest it should believe falsehoods refused to be cured resisting thy hands who hast prepared the medicines of faith and hast applied them to the diseases of the whole world and given unto them so great authority chapter five being led however from this to prefer the catholic doctrine i felt that her proceeding was more unassuming and honest in that she required to be believed things not demonstrated whether it was that they could in themselves be demonstrated but not to certain persons or could not at all be whereas among the manichees our credulity was mocked by a promise of certain knowledge and then so many most fabulous and absurd things were imposed to be believed because they could not be demonstrated then thou o lord little by little with most tender and most merciful hand touching and composing my heart didst persuade me considering what innumerable things i believed which i saw not nor was present while they were done as so many things in secular history so many reports of places and of cities which i had not seen so many of friends so many of physicians so many continually of other men which unless we should believe we should do nothing at all in this life lastly with how unshaken an assurance i believed of what parents i was born which i could not know had i not believed upon hearsay considering all this thou didst persuade me that not they who believed thy books which thou hast established in so great authority among almost all nations but they who believed them not were to be blamed and that they were not to be heard who should say to me how knowest thou these scriptures to have been imparted unto mankind by the spirit of the one true and most true god for this very thing was of all most to be believed since no contentiousness of blasphemous questionings 
of all that multitude which i had read in the self-contradicting philosophers could wring this belief from me that thou art whatsoever thou wert what i knew not and that the government of human beings belongs to thee this i believed sometimes more strongly more weakly otherwhiles yet i ever believed both that thou wert and hadst a care of us though i was ignorant both what was to be thought of thy substance and what way led or led back to thee since then we were too weak by abstract reasonings to find out truth and for this very cause needed the authority of holy writ i had now begun to believe that thou wouldst never have given such excellency of authority to that writ in all lands hadst thou not willed thereby to be believed in thereby sought for now what things sounding strangely in the scripture were wont to offend me having heard divers of them expounded satisfactorily i referred to the depth of the mysteries and its authority appeared to me the more venerable and more worthy of religious credence in that while it lay open to all to read it reserved the majesty of its mysteries within its profounder meaning stooping to all in the great plainness of its words and lowness of its style yet calling forth the intensest application of such as are not light of heart so that it might receive all in its open bosom and through narrow passages waft over towards thee some few yet many more than if it stood not aloft on such a height of authority nor drew multitudes within its bosom by its holy lowliness these things i thought on and thou wert with me i sighed and thou heardest me i wavered and thou didst guide me i wandered through the broad way of the world and thou didst not forsake me chapter six i panted after honours gains marriage and thou deridest me in these desires i underwent most bitter crosses thou being the more gracious the less thou sufferest aught to grow sweet to me which was not thou behold my heart o lord who wouldst i should remember all this and confess to thee let my soul cleave unto thee now that thou hast freed it from that fast holding birdlime of death how wretched was it and thou didst irritate the feeling of its wound that forsaking all else it might be converted unto thee who art above all and without whom all things would be nothing be converted and be healed how miserable was i then and how didst thou deal with me to make me feel my misery on that day when i was preparing to recite a panegyric of the emperor wherein i was to utter many a lie and lying was to be applauded by those who knew i lied and my heart was panting with these anxieties and boiling with the feverishness of consuming thoughts for passing through one of the streets of milan i observed a poor beggar then i suppose with a full belly joking and joyous and i sighed and spoke to the friends around me of the many sorrows of our frenzies for that by all such efforts of ours as those wherein i then toiled dragging alone under the goading of desire the burden of my own wretchedness and by dragging augmenting it we yet looked to arrive only at that very joyousness whither that beggar-man had arrived before us who should never perchance attain it for what he had obtained by means of a few begged pence the same was i plotting for by many a toilsome turning and winding the joy of a temporary felicity for he verily had not the true joy but yet i with those of my ambitious designs was seeking one much less true and certainly he was joyous i anxious he void of care i full of fears but why should any ask me 
had I rather be merry or fearful? I would answer, merry. Again, if he asked, had I rather be such as he was, or what I then was, I should choose to be myself, though worn with cares and fears, but out of wrong judgment, for was it the truth? For I ought not to prefer myself to him, because more learned than he, seeing I had no joy therein, but sought to please men by it, and that not to instruct, but simply to please. Wherefore also thou didst break my bones with the staff of thy correction. Away with those then from my soul, who say to her, It makes a difference whence a man's joy is, that beggar man joyed in drunkenness, thou desirest to joy in glory. What glory, Lord? That which is not in thee. For even as his was no true joy, so was that no true glory, and it overthrew my soul more. He that very night should digest his drunkenness, but I had slept and risen again with mine, and was to sleep again, and again to rise with it, how many days thou God knowest. But it doth make a difference whence a man's joy is. I know it, and the joy of a faithful hope lieth incomparably beyond such vanity. Yea, and so was he then beyond me, for he verily was the happier. Not only for that he was thoroughly drenched in mirth, I disemboweled with cares, but he, by fair wishes, had gotten wine. I, by lying, was seeking for empty, swelling praise. Much to this purpose said I then to my friends, and I often remarked in them how it fared with me, and I found it went ill with me, and grieved, and doubled that very ill, and if any prosperity smiled on me, I was loath to catch at it, for almost before I could grasp it, it flew away. CHAPTER Seven. These things we, who were living as friends together, bemoaned together, but chiefly and most familiarly did I speak thereof with Olypius and Nebridius, of whom Olypius was born in the same town with me, of persons of chief rank there, but younger than I. For he had studied under me, both when I first lectured in our town, and afterwards at Carthage, and he loved me much, because I seemed to him kind and learned, and I him, for his great towardliness to virtue, which was eminent enough in one of no greater years. Yet the whirlpool of Carthaginian habits, amongst whom those idle spectacles are hotly followed, had drawn him into the madness of the circus. But while he was miserably tossed therein, and I, professing rhetoric there, had a public school, as yet he used not my teaching, by reason of some unkindness risen betwixt his father and me, I had found then how deadly he doted upon the circus, and was deeply grieved that he seemed likely, nay, or had thrown away so great promise, yet I had no means of advising, or with a sort of constraint reclaiming him, either by the kindness of a friend or the authority of a master. For I supposed that he thought of me as did his father, but he was not such. Laying aside then his father's mind in that matter, he began to greet me, come sometimes into my lecture-room, hear a little, and be gone. I, however, had forgotten to deal with him, that he should not, through a blind and headlong desire of vain pastimes, undo so good a wit. But thou, O Lord, who guidest the course of all thou hast created, hast not forgotten him, who was one day to be among thy children, priest and dispenser of thy sacrament, and that his amendment might plainly be attributed to thyself, thou effectest it through me, but unknowingly. For as one day I sat in my accustomed place, with my scholars before me, he entered, greeted me, sat down, and applied his mind to what I then handled. 
i had by chance a passage in hand which while i was explaining a likeness from the circensian races occurred to me as likely to make what i would convey pleasanter and plainer seasoned with biting mockery of those whom that madness had enthralled god thou knowest that i then thought not of curing Olypius of that infection but he took it wholly to himself and thought that i said it simply for his sake and whence another would have taken occasion of offence with me that right-minded youth took as a ground of being offended at himself and loving me more fervently for thou hast said it long ago and put it into thy book rebuke a wise man and he will love thee but i had not rebuked him but thou who employest all knowing or not knowing in that order which thyself knowest and that order is just didst of my heart and tongue make burning coals by which to set on fire the hopeful mind thus languishing and so cure it let him be silent in thy praises who considers not thy mercies which confess unto thee out of my inmost soul for he upon that speech burst out of that pit so deep wherein he was wilfully plunged and was blinded with its wretched pastimes and he shook his mind with a strong self-command whereupon all the filths of the circensian pastimes flew off from him nor came he again thither upon this he prevailed with his unwilling father that he might be my scholar he gave way and gave in and Olypius, beginning to be my hearer again was involved in the same superstition with me loving in the manichees that show of continency which he supposed true and unfeigned whereas it was a senseless and seducing continency ensnaring precious souls unable as yet to reach the depth of virtue yet readily beguiled with the surface of what was but a shadowy and counterfeit virtue chapter eight he not forsaking that secular course which his parents had charmed him to pursue had gone before me to rome to study law and there he was carried away incredibly with an incredible eagerness after the shows of gladiators for being utterly averse to and detesting such spectacles he was one day by chance met by divers of his acquaintance and fellow-students coming from dinner and they with a familiar violence hailed him vehemently refusing and resisting into the amphitheatre during those cruel and deadly shows he thus protesting though you hail my body to that place and there set me can you force me also to turn my mind or my eyes to these shows i shall then be absent while present and so shall overcome both you and them they hearing this led him on nevertheless desirous perchance to try that very thing whether he could do as he said when they were come thither and had taken their places as they could the whole place kindled with that savage pastime but he closing the passages of his eyes forbade his mind to range abroad after such evils and would he have stopped his ears also for in the fight when one fell a mighty cry of the whole people striking him strongly overcome by curiosity and as if prepared to despise and be superior to whatsoever it were even when seen he opened his eyes and was stricken with a deeper wound in his soul than the other whom he desired to behold was in his body and he fell more miserably than he upon whose fall that mighty noise was raised which entered through his ears and unlocked his eyes to make way for the striking and beating down of the soul bold rather than resolute and the weaker in that it had presumed on itself which ought to have relied on thee for so soon as he saw that blood he therewith drunk down savageness nor turned away but fixed his eye drinking in frenzy unawares 
and was delighted with that guilty fight and intoxicated with that bloody pastime nor was he now the man he came but one of the throng he came into yea a true associate of theirs that brought him thither why say more he beheld shouted kindled carried thence with him the madness which should goad him to return not only with them who first drew him thither but also before them yea and to draw in others yet thence didst thou with a most strong and most merciful hand pluck him and taughtest him to have confidence not in himself but in thee but this was after End of Book Six, Chapter Eight. Book Six, Chapters Nine to Sixteen of The Confessions by Saint Augustine, translated by E. B. Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Book Six, Chapter Nine. But this was already being laid up in his memory to be a medicine hereafter so was that also that when he was yet studying under me at carthage and was thinking over at midday in the market-place what he was to say by heart as scholars used to practise thou sufferest him to be apprehended by the officers of the market-place for a thief for no other cause i deem didst thou our god suffer it but that he who was hereafter to prove so good a man should already begin to learn that in judging of causes man was not readily to be condemned by man out of a rash credulity for as he was walking up and down by himself before the judgment-seat with his note-book and pen lo a young man a lawyer the real thief privily bringing a hatchet got in unperceived by Olypius, as far as the leaden gratings which fence in the silversmith's shops and began to cut away the lead but the noise of the hatchet being heard the silversmiths beneath began to make a stir and sent to apprehend whomever they should find but he hearing their voices ran away leaving his hatchet fearing to be taken with it Olypius now who had not seen him enter was aware of his going and saw with what speed he made away and being desirous to know the matter entered the place where finding the hatchet he was standing wondering and considering it when behold those that had been sent find him alone with the hatchet in his hand the noise whereof had startled and brought them thither they seize him hale him away and gathering the dwellers in the market-place together boast of having taken a notorious thief and so he was being led away to be taken before the judge but thus far was Olypius to be instructed for forthwith o lord thou succourest his innocency whereof thou alone wert witness for as he was being led either to prison or to punishment a certain architect met them who had the chief charge of the public buildings glad they were to meet him especially by whom they were wont to be suspected of stealing the goods lost out of the market-place as though to show him at last by whom these thefts were committed he however had divers times seen Olypius at a certain senator's house to whom he often went to pay his respects and recognizing him immediately took him aside by the hand and inquiring the occasion of so great a calamity heard the whole matter and bade all present amid much uproar and threats to go with him so they came to the house of the young man who had done the deed there before the door was a boy so young as to be likely not apprehending any harm to his master to disclose the whole for he had attended his master to the market-place whom so soon as Olypius remembered he told the architect and he showing the hatchet to the boy asked him whose that was ours quoth he presently and being further questioned he discovered everything thus the crime being transferred to that house 
and the multitude ashamed which had begun to insult over Libius, he who was to be a dispenser of thy word and an examiner of many causes in thy church went away better experienced and instructed chapter ten him then i had found at rome and he clave to me by a most strong tie and went with me to milan both that he might not leave me and might practise something of the law he had studied more to please his parents than himself there he had thrice sat as assessor with an uncorruptness much wondered at by others he wondering at others rather who could prefer gold to honesty his character was tried besides not only with the bait of covetousness but with the goad of fear at rome he was assessor to the count of the italian treasury there was at that time a very powerful senator to whose favours many stood indebted many much feared he would needs by his usual power have a thing allowed him which by the laws was unallowed Olypius resisted it a bribe was promised with all his heart he scorned it threats were held out he trampled upon them all wondering at so unwonted a spirit which neither desired the friendship nor feared the enmity of one so great and so mightily renowned for innumerable means of doing good or evil and the very judge whose counsellor Olypius was although also unwilling it should be yet did not openly refuse but put the matter off upon Olypius, alleging that he would not allow him to do it for in truth had the judge done it Olypius would have decided otherwise with this one thing in the way of learning was he well nigh seduced that he might have books copied for him at praetorian prices but consulting justice he altered his deliberation for the better esteeming equity whereby he was hindered more gainful than the power whereby he were allowed these are slight things but he that is faithful in little is faithful also in much nor can that anyhow be void which proceeded out of the mouth of thy truth if ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust true riches and if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's who shall give you that which is your own he being such did at that time cleave to me and with me wavered in purpose what course of life was to be taken nebridius also who having left his native country near carthage yea and carthage itself where he had much lived leaving his excellent family estate and house and a mother behind who was not to follow him had come to milan for no other reason but that with me he might live in a most ardent search after truth and wisdom like me he sighed like me he wavered an ardent searcher after true life and a most acute examiner of the most difficult questions thus were there the mouths of three indigent persons sighing out their wants one to another and waiting upon thee that thou mightest give them their meat in due season and in all the bitterness which by thy mercy followed our worldly affairs as we looked towards the end why we should suffer all this darkness met us and we turned away groaning and saying how long shall these things be this too we often said and so saying forsook them not for as yet there dawned nothing certain which these forsaken we might embrace chapter eleven and i viewing and reviewing things most wondered at the length of time from that my nineteenth year wherein i had begun to kindle with the desire of wisdom settling when i had found her to abandon all the empty hopes and lying frenzies of vain desires and lo i was now in my thirtieth year sticking in the same mire greedy of enjoying things present which passed away and wasted my soul while i said to myself 
to-morrow i shall find it it will appear manifestly and i shall grasp it lo faustus the manichee will come and clear everything o oh, you great men ye academicians it is true then that no certainty can be attained for the ordering of life nay let us search the more diligently and despair not lo things in the ecclesiastical books are not absurd to us now which sometimes seemed absurd and may be otherwise taken and in a good sense i will take my stand where as a child my parents placed me until the clear truth be found out but where shall it be sought or when ambrose has no leisure and we have no leisure to read where shall we find even the books whence or when procure them from whom borrow them let set times be appointed and certain hours be ordered for the health of our soul great hope has dawned the catholic faith teaches not what we thought and vainly accused it of her instructed members hold it profane to believe god to be bounded by the figure of a human body and do we doubt to knock that the rest may be opened the forenoons our scholars take up what do we during the rest why not this but when they pay we court to our great friends whose favour we need when compose what we may sell to scholars when refresh ourselves unbending our minds from this intenseness of care perish everything dismiss we these empty vanities and betake ourselves to the one search for truth life is vain death uncertain if it steals upon us on a sudden in what state shall we depart hence and where shall we learn what here we have neglected and shall we not rather suffer the punishment of this negligence what if death itself cut off and end all care and feeling then must this be ascertained but god forbid this it is no vain and empty thing that the excellent dignity of the authority of the christian faith hath overspread the whole world never would such and so great things be by god wrought for us if with the death of the body the life of the soul came to an end wherefore delay then to abandon worldly hopes and give ourselves wholly to seek after god and the blessed life but wait even those things are pleasant they have some and no small sweetness we must not lightly abandon them for it were a shame to return again to them see it is no great matter now to obtain some station and then what should we more wish for we have store of powerful friends if nothing else offer and we be in much haste at least a presidentship may be given us and a wife with some money that she increase not our charges and this shall be the bound of desire many great men and most worthy of imitation have given themselves to the study of wisdom in the state of marriage while i went over these things and these winds shifted and drove my heart this way and that time passed on but i delayed to turn to the lord and from day to day deferred to live in thee and deferred not daily to die in myself loving a happy life i feared it in its own abode and sought it by fleeing from it i thought i should be too miserable unless folded in female arms and of the medicine of thy mercy to cure that infirmity i thought not not having tried it as for continency i supposed it to be our own power though in myself i did not find that power being so foolish as not to know what is written none can be continent unless thou give it and that thou wouldst give it if with inward groanings i did knock at thine ears and with a settled faith did cast my care upon thee chapter twelve alypius indeed kept me from marrying alleging 
that so could we by no means with undistracted leisure live together in the love of wisdom as we had long desired for himself was even then most pure in this point so that it was wonderful and that the more since in outset of his youth he had entered into that course but had not stuck fast therein rather had he felt remorse and revolting at it living thenceforth until now most contentedly but i opposed him with the examples of those who as married men had cherished wisdom and served god acceptably and retained their friends and loved them faithfully of whose greatness of spirit i was far short and bound with the disease of the flesh and its deadly sweetness drew along my chain dreading to be loosed and as if my wound had been fretted put back his good persuasions as it were the hand of one that would unchain me moreover by me did the serpent speak unto Olypius himself by my tongue weaving and laying in his path pleasurable snares wherein his virtuous and free feet might be entangled for when he wondered that i whom he esteemed not slightly should stick so fast in the birdlime of that pleasure as to protest so oft as we discussed it that i could never lead a single life and urged in my defence when i saw him wonder that there was great difference between his momentary and scarce remembered knowledge of that life which so he might easily despise and my continued acquaintance whereto if but the honourable name of marriage were added he ought not to wonder why i could not contemn that course he began also to desire to be married not as overcome with desire of such pleasure but out of curiosity for he would fain know he said what that should be without which my life to him so pleasing would to me seem not life but a punishment for his mind free from that chain was amazed at my thraldom and through that amazement was going on to a desire of trying it thence to the trial itself and thence perhaps to sink into that bondage whereat he wondered seeing he was willing to make a covenant with death and he that loves danger shall fall into it for whatever honour there be in the office of well ordering a married life and a family moved us but slightly but me for the most part the habit of satisfying an insatiable appetite tormented while it held me captive him an admiring wonder was leading captive so were we until thou o most high not forsaking our dust commiserating us miserable didst come to our help by wondrous and secret ways chapter thirteen continual effort was made to have me married i wooed i was promised chiefly through my mother's pains that once so married the health-giving baptism might cleanse me towards which she rejoiced that i was being daily fitted and observed that her prayers and thy promises were being fulfilled in my faith at which time verily both at my request and her own longing with strong cries of heart she daily begged of thee that thou wouldst by a vision discover unto her something concerning my future marriage thou never wouldst she saw indeed certain vain fantastic things such as the energy of the human spirit busied thereon brought together and these she told me of not with that confidence she was wont when thou showedst her anything but slighting them for she could she said through a certain feeling which in words she could not express discern betwixt thy revelations and the dreams of her own soul yet the matter was pressed on and a maiden asked in marriage two years under the fit age and as pleasing was waited for chapter fourteen and many of us friends conferring about and detesting the turbulent turmoils of human life had debated and now almost resolved on living apart from business and the bustle of men 
and this was to be thus obtained we were to bring whatever we might severally procure and make one household of all so that through the truth of our friendship nothing should belong especially to any but the whole thus derived from all should as a whole belong to each and to all we thought there might be some ten persons in this society some of whom were very rich especially romanianus our townsman from childhood a very familiar friend of mine whom the grievous perplexities of his affairs had brought up to court who was the most earnest for this project and therein was his voice of great weight because his ample estate far exceeded any of the rest we had settled also that two annual officers as it were should provide all things necessary the rest being undisturbed but when we began to consider whether the wives which some of us already had others hoped to have would allow this all that plan which was being so well moulded fell to pieces in our hands was utterly dashed and cast aside thence we betook us to sighs and groans and our steps to follow the broad and beaten ways of the world for many thoughts were in our heart but thy counsel standeth for ever out of which counsel thou didst deride ours and preparedst thine own proposing to give us meat in due season and to open thy hand and fill our souls with blessing chapter fifteen meanwhile my sins were becoming multiplied and my concubine being torn from my side as a hindrance to my marriage my heart which clave unto her was torn and wounded and bleeding and she returned to afric vowing unto thee never to know any other man leaving with me my son by her but unhappy i who could not imitate a very woman impatient of delay inasmuch as not till after two years was i to obtain her i sought not being so much a lover of marriage as a slave to lust procured another though no wife so that by the servitude of an enduring custom the disease of my soul might be kept up and carried on in its vigour even augmented into the dominion of marriage nor was that my wound cured which had been made by the cutting away of the former but after inflammation and most acute pain it mortified and my pains became less acute but more desperate chapter sixteen to thee be praise glory to thee fountain of mercies i was becoming more miserable and thou nearer thy right hand was continually ready to pluck me out of the mire and to wash me thoroughly and i knew it not nor did anything call me back from a yet deeper gulf of carnal pleasures but the fear of death and of thy judgment to come which amid all my changes never departed from my breast and in my disputes with my friends Olypius and nebridius the nature of good and evil i held that epicurus had in my mind won the palm had i not believed that after death there remained a life for the soul and places of requital according to men's deserts which epicurus would not believe and i asked were we immortal and to live in perpetual bodily pleasure without fear of losing it why should we not be happy or what else should we seek not knowing that great misery was involved in this very thing that being thus sunk and blinded i could not discern that light of excellence and beauty to be embraced for its own sake which the eyes of flesh cannot see and is seen by the inner man nor did i unhappy consider from what source it sprung that even on these things foul as they were i with pleasure discoursed with my friends nor could i even according to the notions i then had of happiness be happy without friends amid what abundance soever of carnal pleasures and yet these friends i loved for themselves only 
and I felt that I was beloved of them again for myself only. Oh, crooked paths! Woe to the audacious soul which hoped by forsaking thee to gain some better thing! Turned it hath, and turned again, upon back, sides, and belly, yet all was painful, and thou alone rest. And behold, thou art at hand, and deliverest us from our wretched wanderings, and placest us in thy way, and dost comfort us, and say, Run, I will carry you, yea, I will bring you through, there also will I carry you. End of Book 6「Book Seven, Chapters One to Ten of The Confessions by St. Augustine, translated by E. B. Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Book Seven Augustine's Thirty-First Year, gradually extricated from his errors, but still with material conceptions of God, much aided by an argument of Nebridius, sees that the cause of sin lies in free will, rejects the Manichean heresy, but cannot altogether embrace the doctrine of the church recovered from the belief of astrology but miserably perplexed about the origin of evil is led to find in the platonists the seeds of the doctrine of the divinity of the word but not of his humiliation hence he obtains clearer notions of god's majesty but not knowing christ to be the mediator remains estranged from him all his doubts removed by the study of holy scriptures especially saint paul Chapter 1. Deceased was now that my evil and abominable youth, and I was passing into early manhood, the more defiled by vain things as I grew in years, who could not imagine any substance, but such as is wont to be seen with these eyes. I thought not of thee, O God, under the figure of a human body, since I began to hear aught of wisdom, I always avoided this, and rejoiced to have found the same in the faith of our spiritual mother, the Catholic Church but what else to conceive thee I knew not. And I, a man, and such a man, sought to conceive of thee the sovereign, only, true God. And I did in my inmost soul believe that thou wert incorruptible, and uninjuriable, and unchangeable, because, though not knowing whence or how, yet I saw plainly and was sure, that that which may be corrupted must be inferior to that which cannot." What could not be injured I preferred unhesitatingly to what could receive injury, the unchangeable to things subject to change. My heart passionately cried out against all my phantoms, and with this one blow I sought to beat away from the eye of my mind all that unclean troop which buzzed around it. And lo, being scarce put off, in the twinkling of an eye they gathered again thick about me, flew against my face, and beclouded it, so that though not under the form of the human body, yet was I constrained to conceive of thee that incorruptible, uninjuriable, and unchangeable, which I preferred before the corruptible, and injuriable, and changeable, as being in space, whether infused into the world, or diffused infinitely without it. Because whatsoever I conceived, deprived of this space, seemed to me nothing, yea, altogether nothing, not even a void, as if a body were taken out of its place, and the place should remain empty of any body at all, of earth and water, air and heaven, yet would it remain a void place, as it were a spacious nothing. I then, being thus gross-hearted, nor clear even to myself, whatsoever was not extended over certain spaces, 
nor diffused nor condensed nor swollen out or did not or could not receive some of these dimensions i thought to be altogether nothing for over such forms as my eyes were wont to range did my heart then range nor yet did i see that this same notion of the mind whereby i formed those very images was not of this sort and yet it could not have formed them had not itself been some great thing so also did i endeavour to conceive of thee life of my life as vast through infinite spaces on every side penetrating the whole mass of the universe and beyond it every way through immeasurable boundless spaces so that the earth should have thee the heaven have thee all things have thee and they be bounded in thee and thou bounded nowhere for that as the body of this air which is above the earth hindereth not the light of the sun from passing through it penetrating it not by bursting or by cutting but by filling it wholly so i thought the body not of heaven air and sea only but of the earth too pervious to thee so that in all its parts the greatest as the smallest it should admit thy presence by a secret inspiration within and without directing all things which thou hast created so i guessed only as unable to conceive aught else for it was false for thus should a greater part of the earth contain a greater portion of thee and a less a lesser and all things should in such sort be full of thee that the body of an elephant should contain more of thee than that of a sparrow by how much larger it is and takes up more room and thus shouldest thou make the several portions of thyself present unto the several portions of the world in fragments large to the large petty to the petty but such art not thou but not as yet hadst thou enlightened my darkness chapter two it was enough for me lord to oppose to those deceived deceivers and dumb praetors since thy word sounded not out of them that was enough which long ago while we were yet at carthage nebridius used to propound at which all we that heard it were staggered that said nation of darkness which the manichees are wont to set as an opposing mass over against thee what could it have done unto thee hadst thou refused to fight with it for if they answered it would have done thee some hurt then shouldst thou be subject to injury and corruption but if it could do thee no hurt then was no reason brought for thy fighting with it and fighting in such wise as that a certain portion or member of thee or offspring of thy very substance should be mingled with opposed powers and natures not created by thee and be by them so far corrupted and changed to the worse as to be turned from happiness into misery and need assistance whereby it might be extricated and purified and that this offspring of thy substance was the soul which being enthralled defiled corrupted thy word free pure and whole might relieve that word itself being still corruptible because it was one and the same substance so then should they affirm thee whatsoever thou art that is thy substance whereby thou art to be incorruptible then were all these sayings false and execrable but if corruptible the very statement showed it to be false and revolting this argument then of nebridius sufficed against those who deserved wholly to be vomited out of the overcharged stomach for they had no escape without horrible blasphemy of heart and tongue thus thinking and speaking of thee chapter three but i also as yet although i held and was firmly persuaded that thou our lord the true god 
who made us not only our souls but our bodies and not only our souls and bodies but all beings and all things wert undefilable and unalterable and in no degree mutable yet understood i not clearly and without difficulty the cause of evil and yet whatever it were i perceived it was in such wise to be sought out as should not constrain me to believe the immutable god to be mutable lest i should become that evil i was seeking out i sought it out then thus far free from anxiety certain of the untruth of what these held from whom i shrunk with my whole heart for i saw that through inquiring the origin of evil they were filled with evil in that they preferred to think that thy substance did suffer ill than that their own did commit it and i strained to perceive what i now heard that free will was the cause of our doing ill and thy just judgment of our suffering ill but i was not able clearly to discern it so then endeavouring to draw my soul's vision out of that deep pit i was again plunged therein and endeavouring often i was plunged back as often but this raised me a little into thy light that i knew as well that i had a will as that i lived when then i did will or nil anything i was most sure that no other than myself did will and nil and i all but saw that there was the cause of my sin but what i did against my will i saw that i suffered rather than did and i judged not to be my fault but my punishment whereby however holding thee to be just i speedily confessed myself to be not unjustly punished but again i said who made me did not my god who is not only good but goodness itself whence then came i to will evil and nil good so that i am thus justly punished who set this in me and engrafted into me this plant of bitterness seeing i was wholly formed by my most sweet god if the devil were the author whence is the same devil and if he also by his own perverse will of a good angel became a devil whence again came in him that evil will whereby he became a devil seeing the whole nature of angels was made by that most good creator by these thoughts i was again sunk down and choked yet not brought down to that hell of error where no man confesseth unto thee to think rather that thou dost suffer ill than that man doth it chapter four for i was in such wise striving to find out the rest as one who had already found that the incorruptible must needs be better than the corruptible and thee therefore whatsoever thou wert i confessed to be incorruptible for never soul was nor shall be able to conceive anything which may be better than thou who art the sovereign and the best good but since most truly and certainly the incorruptible is preferable to the corruptible as i did now prefer it then wert thou not incorruptible i could in thought have arrived at something better than my god where then i saw the incorruptible to be preferable to the corruptible there ought i to seek for thee and there observe wherein evil itself was that is whence corruption comes by which thy substance can by no means be impaired for corruption does no ways impair our god by no will by no necessity by no unlooked-for chance because he is god and what he wills is good and himself is that good but to be corrupted is not good nor art thou against thy will constrained to anything since thy will is not greater than thy power but greater should it be were thyself greater than thyself 
for the will and power of god is god himself and what can be unlooked for by thee who knowest all things nor is there any nature in things but thou knowest it and what should we more say why that substance which god is should not be corruptible seeing if it were so should not be god chapter five and i sought whence is evil and sought in an evil way and saw not the evil in my very search i set now before the sight of my spirit the whole creation whatsoever we can see therein as sea earth air stars trees mortal creatures yea and whatever in it we do not see as the firmament of heaven all angels moreover and all the spiritual inhabitants thereof but these very beings as though they were bodies did my fancy dispose in place and i made one great mass of thy creation distinguished as to the kinds of bodies some real bodies some what myself had feigned for spirits and this mass i made huge not as it was which i could not know but as i thought convenient yet every way finite but thee o lord i imagined on every part environing and penetrating it through every way infinite as if there were a sea everywhere and on every side through unmeasured space one only boundless sea and it contained within it some sponge huge but bounded that sponge must needs in all its parts be filled from that immeasurable sea so conceived i thy creation itself finite full of thee the infinite and i said behold god and behold what god hath created and god is good yea most mightily and incomparably better than all these but yet he the good created them good and see how he environeth and fulfils them where is evil then and whence or how crept it in hither what is its root and what its seed or hath it no being why then fear we and avoid what is not or if we fear it idly then is that very fear evil whereby the soul is thus idly goaded and racked yea and so much a greater evil as we have nothing to fear and yet do fear therefore either is that evil which we fear or else evil is that we fear whence is it then seeing god the good hath created all these things good he indeed the greater and chiefest good hath created these lesser goods still both creator and created all are good whence is evil or was there some evil matter of which he made and formed and ordered it yet left something in it which he did not convert into good why so then had he no might to turn and change the whole so that no evil should remain in it seeing he is almighty lastly why would he make anything at all of it and not rather by the same almightiness cause it not to be made at all or could it then be against his will or if it were from eternity why suffered he it to be so for infinite spaces of times past and was pleased so long after to make something out of it or if he were suddenly pleased now to effect somewhat this rather should the almighty have effected then this evil matter should not be and he alone be the whole true sovereign and infinite good or if it was not good that he who was good should not also frame and create something that were good then that evil matter being taken away and brought to nothing he might form good matter whereof to create all things 
for he should not be almighty if he might not create something good without the aid of that matter which himself had not created these thoughts i revolved in my miserable heart overcharged with most gnawing cares lest i should die ere i had found the truth yet was the faith of thy christ our lord and saviour professed in the church catholic firmly fixed in my heart in many points indeed as yet unformed and fluctuating from the rule of doctrine yet did not my mind utterly leave it but rather daily took in more and more of it by this time also had i rejected the lying divinations and impious dotages of the astrologers let thine own mercies out of my very inmost soul confess unto thee for this also o my god for thou thou altogether for who else calls us back from the death of all errors save the life which cannot die and the wisdom which needing no light enlightens the minds that need it whereby the universe is directed down to the whirling leaves of trees thou madest provision for my obstinacy wherewith i struggled against vindicianus an acute old man and nebridius a young man of admirable talents the first vehemently affirming and the latter often though with some doubtfulness saying that there was no such art whereby to foresee things to come but that man's conjectures were a sort of lottery and that out of many things which they said should come to pass some actually did unawares to them who spake it who stumbled upon it through their oft speaking thou providest then while consulters and consulted knew it not dost by thy hidden inspiration effect that the consulter should hear what according to the hidden deservings of souls he ought to hear out of the unsearchable depth of thy just judgment to whom let no man say what is this why that let him not so say for he is man chapter seven now then o my helper hadst thou loosed me from those fetters and i sought whence is evil and found no way but thou sufferest me not by any fluctuations of thought to be carried away from faith whereby i believed thee both to be and thy substance to be unchangeable and that thou had a care of and wouldst judge man and that in christ thy son our lord and the holy scriptures which the authority of thy catholic church pressed upon me thou hadst set the way of man's salvation to that life which is to be after this death these things being safe and immovably settled in my mind i sought anxiously whence was evil what were the pangs of my teeming heart what groans o my god yet even there were thine ears open and i knew it not and when in silence i vehemently sought those silent contritions of my soul were strong cries unto thy mercy thou knewest what i suffered and no man for what was that which was thence through my tongue distilled into the ears of my most familiar friends did the whole tumult of my soul for which neither time nor utterance sufficed reach them yet went up the whole to thy hearing all which i roared out from the groaning of my heart and my desire was before thee and the light of mine eyes was not with me for that was within i without nor was that confined to place but i was intent on things contained in place but there found i no resting-place nor did they so receive me that i could say it is enough it is well nor did they yet suffer me to turn back where it might be well enough with me for to these things i was superior but inferior to thee and thou art my true joy when subjected to thee and thou hast subjected to me what thou createst me below and this was the true temperament and middle region of my safety to remain in thy image and by serving thee rule the body 
but when i rose proudly against thee and ran against the lord with my neck with the thick bosses of my buckler even these inferior things were set above me and pressed me down and nowhere was there respite or space of breathing they met my sight on all sides by heaps and troops and in thought the images thereof presented themselves unsought as i would return to thee as if they would say unto me whither goest thou unworthy and defiled and these things had grown out of my wound for thou humblest the proud like one that is wounded and through my own swelling i was separated from thee yea my pride swollen face closed up mine eyes chapter eight but thou lord abidest for ever yet not for ever art thou angry with us because thou pitiest our dust and ashes and it was pleasing in thy sight to reform my deformities and by inward goads didst thou rouse me that i should be ill at ease until thou wert manifested to my inward sight thus by the secret hand of thy medicining was my swelling abated and the troubled and bedimmed eyesight of my mind by the smarting anointings of healthful sorrows was from day to day healed chapter nine and thou willing first to show me how thou resisteth the proud but giveth grace unto the humble and by how great an act of thy mercy thou hadst traced out to men the way of humility in that thy word was made flesh and dwelt among men thou procurest for me by means of one puffed up with most unnatural pride certain books of the platonists translated from greek into latin and therein i read not indeed in the very words but to the very same purpose enforced by many and divers reasons that in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the same was in the beginning with god all things were made by him and without him was nothing made that which was made by him is life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not and that the soul of man though it bears witness to the light yet itself is not that light but the word of god being god is that true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world and that he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not but that he came unto his own and his own received him not but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of god as many as believed in his name this i read not there again i read there that god the word was born not of flesh nor of blood nor of the will of man nor of the will of the flesh but of god but that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us i read not there for i traced in those books that it was many and divers ways said that the son was in the form of the father and thought it not robbery to be equal with god for that naturally he was the same substance but that he emptied himself taking the form of a servant being made in the likeness of men and found in fashion as a man humbled himself and became obedient unto death and that the death of the cross wherefore god exalted him from the dead and gave him a name above every name that at the name of jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that the lord jesus christ is in the glory of god the father those books have not for that before all times and above all times thy only begotten son remaineth unchangeably co-eternal with thee and that of his fulness souls receive that they may be blessed 
and that by participation of wisdom abiding in them they are renewed so as to be wise is there but that in due time he died for the ungodly and that thou sparest not thine own son but deliverest him for us all is not there for thou hidest these things from the wise and revealest them to babes that they that labour and are heavy laden might come unto him and he refresh them because he is meek and lowly in heart and the meek he directeth in judgment and the gentle he teacheth his ways beholding our lowliness and trouble and forgiving all our sins but such as are lifted up in the lofty walk of some would-be sublimer learning hear him not saying learn of me for i am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest to your souls although they knew god yet they glorify him not as god nor are thankful but wax vain in their thoughts and their foolish heart is darkened professing that they were wise they became fools and therefore i did read there also that they had changed the glory of thy incorruptible nature into idols and diverse shapes into the likeness of the image of corruptible man and birds and beasts and creeping things namely into that egyptian food for which esau lost his birthright for that thy first-born people worshipped the head of a four-footed beast instead of thee turning in heart back towards egypt and bowing thy image their own soul before the image of a calf that eateth hay these things found i here but i fed not on them for it pleased thee o lord to take away the reproach of diminution from jacob that the elder should serve the younger and thou callest the gentiles into thine inheritance and i had come to thee from among the gentiles and i set my mind upon the gold which thou wiltst thy people to take from egypt seeing thine it was wheresoever it were and to the athenians thou saidst by thy apostle that in thee we live move and have our being as one of their own poets had said and verily these books came from thence but i set not my mind on the idols of egypt whom they served with thy gold who changed the truth of god into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator chapter ten and being thence admonished to return to myself i entered even into my inward self thou being my guide and able i was for thou wert become my helper and i entered and beheld with the eye of my soul such as it was above the same eye of my soul above my mind the light unchangeable not this ordinary light which all flesh may look upon nor as it were a greater of the same kind as though the brightness of this should be manifold brighter and with its greatness take up all space not such was this light but other yea far other from all these nor was it above my soul as oil is above water nor yet is heaven above earth but above to my soul because it made me and i below it because i was made by it he that knows the truth knows what that light is and he that knows it knows eternity love knoweth it o truth who art eternity and love who art truth and eternity who art love thou art my god to thee do i sigh night and day thee when i first knew thou liftest me up that i might see there was what i might see and that i was not yet such as to see and thou didst beat back the weakness of my sight streaming forth thy beams of light upon me most strongly and i trembled with love and awe and i perceived myself to be far from thee in the region of unlikeness as if i heard this thy voice from on high i am the food of grown men 
grow and thou shalt feed upon me nor shalt thou convert me like the food of thy flesh into thee but thou shalt be converted into me and i learned that thou for iniquity cleanseth man and thou madest my soul to consume away like a spider and i said is truth therefore nothing because it is not diffused through space finite and infinite and thou criedst to me from afar yea verily i am that i am and i heard as the heart heareth nor had i room to doubt and i should sooner doubt that i live than that truth is not which is clearly seen being understood by those things which are made End of book seven chapter ten Book seven chapters eleven to twenty one of the Confessions by Saint Augustine translated by E. B. Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Chapter eleven. And I beheld the other things below thee, and I perceive that they neither altogether are, nor altogether are not, for they are, since they are from thee, but are not, because they are not what thou art. For that truly is which remains unchangeably. It is good then for me to hold fast unto God, for if I remain not in him, I cannot in myself, but he remaining in himself reneweth all things. And thou art the Lord my God, since thou standest not in need of my goodness. Chapter 12 And it was manifested unto me that those things be good, which yet are corrupted, which neither were they sovereignly good, nor unless they were good could be corrupted. For if sovereignly good, they were incorruptible. If not good at all, there were nothing in them to be corrupted. For corruption injures, but unless it diminishes goodness, it could not injure. Either then corruption injures not, which cannot be, or which is most certain, all which is corrupted is deprived of good. But if they be deprived of all good, they shall cease to be. For if they should be, and can now no longer be corrupted, they shall be better than before because they shall abide incorruptibly and what more monstrous than to affirm things to become better by losing all their good therefore if they shall be deprived of all good they shall no longer be so long therefore as they are they are good therefore whatsoever is is good that evil then which i sought whence it is is not any substance for were it a substance it should be good for either it should be an incorruptible substance, and so a chief good, or a corruptible substance, which unless it were good could not be corrupted. I perceived, therefore, and it was manifested to me, that thou madest all things good, nor is there any substance at all which thou madest not. For that thou madest not all things equal, therefore are all things, because each is good, and altogether very good, because our God made all things very good. Chapter 13 And to thee is nothing whatsoever evil, yea, not only to thee, but also to thy creation as a whole, because there is nothing without which may break in and corrupt that order which thou hast appointed it. But in the parts thereof some things, because unharmonizing with other some, are accounted evil, whereas those very things harmonize with others and are good, and in themselves are good. And all these things which harmonize not together, do yet with the inferior part, which we call earth, having its own cloudy and windy sky harmonizing with it. Far be it then that I should say, these things should not be, 
for should i see naught but these i should indeed long for the better but still must even for these alone praise thee for that thou art to be praised do show from the earth dragons and all deeps fire hail snow ice and stormy wind which fulfil thy word mountains and all hills fruit trees and all cedars beasts and all cattle creeping things and flying fowls kings of the earth and all people princes and all judges of the earth young men and maidens old men and young praise thy name but when from heaven these praise thee praise thee our god in the heights all thy angels all thy hosts sun and moon all the stars and light the heaven of heavens and the waters that are above the heavens praise thy name i did not now long for things better because i conceived of all and with a sounder judgment i apprehended that the things above were better than these below but altogether better than those above by themselves chapter fourteen there is no soundness in them whom aught of thy creation displeaseth as neither in me when much thou hast made displeased me and because my soul durst not be displeased at my god it would fain not account that thine which displeased it hence it had gone into the opinion of two substances and had no rest but talked idly and returning thence it had made to itself a god through infinite measures of all space and thought it to be thee and placed it in its heart and had again become the temple of its own idol to thee abominable but after thou hast soothed my head unknown to me and closed mine eyes that they should not behold vanity i ceased somewhat of my former self and my frenzy was lulled to sleep and i awoke in thee and saw the infinite but in another way and this sight was not derived from the flesh chapter fifteen and i looked back on other things and i saw that they owed their being to thee and were all bounded in thee but in a different way not as being in space but because thou containest all things in thine hand in thy truth and all things are true so far as they be nor is there any falsehood unless when that is thought to be which is not and i saw that all things did harmonize not with their places only but with their seasons and that thou who only art eternal didst not begin to work after innumerable spaces of times spent for that all spaces of times both which have passed and which shall pass neither go nor come but through thee working and abiding chapter sixteen and i perceived and found it nothing strange that bread which is pleasant to a healthy palate is loathsome to one distempered and to sore eyes light is offensive which to the sound is delightful and thy righteousness displeaseth the wicked much more the viper and reptiles which thou hast created good fitting in with the inferior portions of thy creation with which the very wicked also fit in and that the more by how much they be unlike thee but with the superior creatures by how much they become more like to thee and i inquired what iniquity was and found it to be no substance but the perversion of the will turned aside from thee o god the supreme towards these lower things and casting out its bowels and puffed up inwardly chapter seventeen and i wondered that i now loved thee and no phantasm for thee and yet i did not press on to enjoy my god but was borne up to thee by thy beauty and soon borne down from thee by mine own weight sinking with sorrow into these inferior things this weight was carnal custom 
yet dwelt there with me a remembrance of thee nor did i any way doubt that there was one to whom i might cleave but that i was not yet such as to cleave to thee for that the body which is corrupted presseth down the soul and the earthly tabernacle weigheth down the mind that museth upon many things and most certain i was that thy invisible works from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even thy eternal power and godhead for examining whence it was that i admired the beauty of bodies celestial or terrestrial and what aided me in judging soundly on things mutable and pronouncing this ought to be thus this not examining i say whence it was that i was so judged seeing i did so judge i had found the unchangeable and true eternity of truth above my changeable mind and thus by degrees i passed from bodies to the soul which through bodily senses perceives and thence to its inward faculty to which the bodily senses represent things external whither to reaches the faculties of beasts and thence again to the reasoning faculty to which what is received from the senses of the body is referred to be judged which finding itself also to be in me a thing variable raised itself up to its own understanding and drew away my thoughts from the power of habit withdrawing itself from these troops of contradictory phantasms so that it might find what that light was whereby it was bedewed when without all doubting it cried out that the unchangeable was to be preferred to the changeable whence also it knew that unchangeable which unless it had in some way known it had had no sure ground to prefer it to the changeable and thus with the flash of one trembling glance it arrived at that which is and then i saw thy invisible things understood by the things which are made but i could not fix my gaze thereon and my infirmity being struck back i was thrown again on my wonted habits carrying along with me only a loving memory thereof and a longing for what i had as it were perceived the odour of but was not yet able to feed on chapter eighteen then i sought a way of obtaining strength sufficient to enjoy thee and found it not until i embraced that mediator betwixt god and man the man jesus christ who is over all god blessed for evermore calling unto me and saying i am the way the truth and the life and mingling that food which i was unable to receive with our flesh for the word was made flesh that thy wisdom whereby thou createst all things might provide milk for our infant state for i did not hold to my lord jesus christ i humbled to the humble nor knew i yet whereto his infirmity would guide us for thy word the eternal truth far above the higher parts of thy creation raises up the subdued unto itself but in this lower world built for itself a lowly habitation of our clay whereby to abase from themselves such as would be subdued and bring them over to himself allaying their swelling and fomenting their love to the end they might go on no further in self-confidence but rather consent to become weak seeing before their feet the divinity weak by taking our coats of skin and wearied might cast themselves down upon it and it rising might lift them up chapter nineteen but i thought otherwise conceiving only of my lord christ as of a man of excellent wisdom whom no one could be equalled unto especially for that being wonderfully born of a virgin he seemed in conformity therewith through the divine care for us 
to have attained that great eminence of authority for an ensample of despising things temporal for the obtaining of immortality but what mystery there lay in the word was made flesh i could not even imagine only i had learnt out of what is delivered to us in writing of him that he did eat and drink sleep walk rejoiced in spirit was sorrowful discoursed that flesh did not cleave by itself unto thy word but with the human soul and mind all know this who know the unchangeableness of thy word which i now knew as far as i could nor did i at all doubt thereof for now to move the limbs of the body by will now not now to be moved by some affection now not now to deliver wise sayings through human signs now to keep silence belong to soul and mind subject to variation and should these things be falsely written of him all the rest also would risk the charge nor would there remain in those books any saving faith for mankind since then they were written truly i acknowledged a perfect man to be in christ not the body of a man only nor with the body a sensitive soul without a rational but very man whom not only as being a form of truth but for a certain great excellency of human nature and a more perfect participation of wisdom i judged to be preferred before others but Alypius imagined the catholics to believe god to be so clothed with flesh that besides god in flesh there was no soul at all in christ and did not think that a human mind was ascribable to him and because he was well persuaded that the actions recorded of him could only be performed by a vital and irrational creature he moved the more slowly towards the christian faith but understanding afterwards that this was the error of the apollinarian heretics he joyed in and was conformed to the catholic faith but somewhat later i confess did i learn how in that saying the word was made flesh the catholic truth is distinguished from the falsehood of photenius for the rejection of heretics makes the tenets of thy church and sound doctrine to stand out more clearly for there must also be heresies that the approved may be made manifest among the weak chapter twenty but having then read those books of the platonists and thence been taught to search for incorporeal truth i saw thy invisible things understood by those things which are made and though cast back i perceived what that was which through the darkness of my mind i was hindered from contemplating being assured that thou wert and wert infinite and yet not diffused in space finite or infinite and that thou truly art who art the same for ever and in no part nor motion varying and that all other things are from thee on this most sure ground alone that they are of these things i was assured yet too unsure to enjoy thee i prated as one well skilled but had i not sought thy way in christ our saviour i had proved to be not skilled but killed for now i had begun to wish to seem wise being filled with mine own punishment yet i did not mourn but rather scorn puffed up with knowledge for where was that charity building upon the foundation of humility which is christ jesus or when should these books teach me it upon these i believe thou therefore wilt that i should fall before i studied thy scriptures so that it might be imprinted on my memory how i was affected by them and that afterwards when my spirits were tamed through thy books and my wounds touched by thy healing fingers i might discern and distinguish between presumption and confession between those who saw whither they were to go yet saw not the way 
and the way that leadeth not to behold only, but to dwell in the beatific country. For had I first been informed in thy holy scriptures, and had thou, in the familiar use of them, grown sweet unto me, and had I then fallen upon those other volumes, they might perhaps have withdrawn me from the solid ground of piety, or, had I continued in that healthful frame which I had thence imbibed, I might have thought, that it might have been obtained by the study of those books alone. CHAPTER Twenty One. Most eagerly, then, did I seize that venerable writing of thy spirit, and chiefly the Apostle Paul, whereupon those difficulties vanished away, wherein he once seemed to me to contradict himself, and the text of his discourse not to agree with the testimonies of the law and the prophets. And the face of that pure word appeared to me one and the same, and I learned to rejoice with trembling. So I began, and whatsoever truth I had read in those other books, I found here amid the praise of thy grace, that whoso sees may not so glory as if he had not received, not only what he sees, but also that he sees, for what hath he when he hath not received? And that he may be not only admonished to behold thee, who art ever the same, but also healed to hold thee. And that he who cannot see afar off, may yet walk on the way, whereby he may arrive, and behold, and hold thee. For though a man be delighted with the law of God after the inner man, what shall he do with that other law in his members, which warreth against the law of his mind, and bringeth him into captivity to the law of sin, which is in his members? For thou art righteous, O Lord, but we have sinned and committed iniquity, and have done wickedly, and thy hand is grown heavy upon us, and we are justly delivered unto that antient sinner, the king of death, because he persuaded our will to be like his will, whereby he abode not in thy truth. What shall wretched man do? Who shall deliver him from the body of this death, but only thy grace, through Jesus Christ our Lord, whom thou hast begotten co-eternal, and formst in the beginning of thy ways, in whom the prince of this world found nothing worthy of death, yet killed he him? And the handwriting, which was contrary to us, was blotted out. This those things contain not. Those pages present not the image of this piety, the tears of confession, thy sacrifice, a troubled spirit, a broken and contrite heart, the salvation of the people, the bridal city, the earnest of the Holy Ghost, the cup of our redemption. No man sings there, shall not my soul be submitted unto God. For of him cometh my salvation. For he is my God and my salvation, my guardian, I shall no more be moved. No one there hears him call, Come unto me, all ye that labor. They scorn to learn of him, because he is meek and lowly in heart. For these things hath thou hid from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. For it is one thing, from the mountain's shaggy top, to see the land of peace, and to find no way thither, and in vain to essay through ways unpassable, opposed and beset by fugitives and deserters, under their captain the lion and the dragon, and another to keep on the way that leads thither, guarded by the host of the heavenly general, where they spoil not who have deserted the heavenly army, for they avoid it as very torment. These things did wonderfully sink into my bowels, when I read that least of thy apostles, and had meditated upon thy works, and trembled exceedingly. End of Book 7
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.